0: for men and women to learn about what it truly means to be a father. You'll hear men talk about the challenges, joys, triumphs, and the heartaches they've faced, and what lessons they've learned along the way. I hope this is an incredible resource, as I wish I had it during fatherhood. It's an honest and real look into this incredible passage of life. Hopefully, by listening, you'll learn, resonate, and identify with people's journeys. I'll be talking to new dads, as well as those who have grown up kids, plus everything in between. This was a great chat with Ronnie, a father of two children who are now 17 and 18. Ronnie talks about the challenges he faced as a child, dealing with a strong detached father, and how his perception of him changed during childhood. All of this influenced his parenting style. Like a lot of men, Ronnie didn't jump at the idea of having kids, but when it happened, he fully embraced the experience. He was so moved that he didn't want to miss any of it. He had to deal with trauma around his daughter's birth as she was born three months prematurely and as an adolescent there was another challenge which he struggled with and learned how to adapt to. His kids are extremely important to him and how shaping their journey through life has been a constant source of enjoyment and a struggle. There are some important lessons that Ronnie shares about his journey through fatherhood and why it's key to be an aware parent. I truly hope you enjoy the experience as much as we did. So welcome. Mm. Thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. I'd like to start with your dad. If I go back to
1: my first recognition of who my dad was and what he meant to me and how I felt about him and he was you know, he, he had a, a kind of hero status in my mind. He was I saw him as this strong superman y very in command of him himself and of 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 our lives and strength was a real feature in terms of who he was he looked strong he was strongly built he was a builder and i guess i felt proud and safe he was also a soldier i grew up as a child in in israel and and remember times where he would be away and even at war and would come back with his with his army uniform and helmet and you know return as the hero you know to a, to you know a, a a real welcome and he would put me on his shoulders and he see photos of him on he didn't ride a motorbike while once I was born but he had ridden a motorbike and that was yeah that was who he was he was just this this real hero and made me feel like he could do anything and he played the guitar and an electric guitar and he made, you know, he built our house and he made things and so, you know, so he made me feel very proud and and, and I guess I kind of kept that image of him. Things changed to a certain extent when we came to live in Australia when I was 11 years old. He was very out of sorts in himself. He, he it took him a while to adjust to a new culture. He didn't have the language. He didn't really have, you know, networks of people. And he was always pretty much a family man, anyway. And you know, it wasn't there wasn't like I, I didn't know him as a social person, but shine of the the heroic sort of image that I had of him. I mean, I was already older in terms of how I saw him, but also he he had less of a, uh, a way of i guess sh- showing his strengths he was he was more humbled by the n- newness of the environment and experiences that he was having and and maybe what became more apparent in in a culture that was a bit more foreign to him but also one where what's coming to mind is people were more educated I I became aware of his absence of of uh, I guess a certain level of intellect or or educational level or, or you know something that was you know that I was starting to become more aware of in terms of other people and who they were and recognizing that 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 was perhaps a you know an absent quality for my in in my father and I didn't have any issue with it but that was a point of difference you know that took some of the shine maybe away maybe that sounds bad it's not really wasn't like i said it wasn't an issue for me but i started to become aware of him being different so it went from being the hero who could do anything to my father's different from the other dads and he doesn't sound like them he doesn't do what they do he doesn't understand my life in the way that other dads understand the lives of their sons or children. How did you know that? He just didn't have the context from within himself to engage on a deep level with the things that were going on for me because what, what went on for me and the narrative around those things was largely also happening in a different in a new language so to get close to what my experiences were meant that he needed to know the you know to be able to follow things in English you know at the level of detail and so he didn't have access to that in the same way as my mother did and I started to feel a divide between the life that I was living and his involvement in it he
0: became a more distant figure in the family because you didn't feel comfortable or able to go out and talk to him about stuff that was going on for you because of what you just said.
1: Yeah, I think it just became apparent that you wouldn't. He wouldn't show that kind of interest. He wouldn't show that level of awareness. Uh, he was less in touch with it, and he took on the role of being the provider. Who, you know, and he 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 would, you know, sometimes say that to us you know, by way of a, an explanation or an apology or an excuse that he didn't know as much about what was happening in our lives because that was my mother's domain and that was something that she, you know, that was, that, there was a division of roles, there came to be a division of roles where he was responsible for certain family, parts of the family, wel- family's welfare, which was mainly, you know, the provision of income and security and housing and and then he sort of checked out a little bit and because, and I've come to learn later in life that it was partly a language barrier and partly a cultural barrier that that maybe was in the way. But as I got to know him more and I, as, as I matured more, I came to recognise that it was also in his nature to be kind of disengaged and preoccupied and distracted and, you know, incapable of... Focused attention, and that became
0: more and more apparent the, the older I got. And how did you? Because again, I can relate to that. My parents were detached, so what you're describing is a form of detachment from you in that way that he couldn't be. You know. Yeah. So how did how did you deal with that?
1: There was parts of that that were convenient. You know, I, as I was sort of into my adolescence, it, it was easier. To have a father who was less aware of what I was doing, you know, I sort of meant that I was freer to, to kind of get away with whatever I was experimenting with or discovering or, you know, just more distant, more detached father, less accountability for me, less intrusion. So there was that. I had a mother who more than made up for his emotional absence because she was very, very deeply connected. And that meant I didn't notice as much not, not having a, a father in that role. What was interesting though, there, there was a real turning point in my relationship with my father because, because he sort of became that, that more distant figure in our lives. The thing that he also took on as part of his role was the occasional coming from the outside to, dis, you know, to cross certain boundaries. And when he did, you know, he would revert to what was known to him, which was to be angry and and punitive and show strength and show, I wouldn't call it aggression, but, you know, intimidation. You know, that was his, you know, like he would just assert that what was unacceptable and would ask to comply... Expect us to comply, and and so he would, and it would just. And I remember feeling at times that, you know, how, that it was just this odd thing for him to just appear out of nowhere, and you know, just try and assert himself in that way. And as I got a little bit older, I remember the turning point was that he was angry with me over something I can't remember what it was, and he was threatening to. Hit me, I think, which he had done periodically, uh, rarely, but occasionally. And I must have been about 15, maybe I was 16 even, I, can't, I think it's 15. And I, I closed myself into the bathroom and refused to come out. And, and that was just, for him, incomprehensible that I would challenge his authority, you know, that he demanded that I came out and faced him. And I wasn't prepared to do that because I had decided that he didn't have a right to exert his authority in that way. In any way, I felt like he was no longer entitled to and, you know, it was just clear to me in that moment that for whatever reason, I wasn't going to, you know, submit to to his demands, to his authority, to his intimidation or domination of you know to to that role that he represented that he no longer had a right to it and that I was a person in my own right and that he was a distant figure in my life and I was basically telling him to get fucked <laughs> if that's a way of putting it and that was an interesting moment because I remember him eventually relinquishing the power and you know and 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 comprehending that things were going to be different from that point and that he didn't that he couldn't just assert you know by way of strength that he needed to actually know and understand me and engage with me in order to have influence over me and that was going to be something that I don't think he was going to be able to do but at the same time he wasn't just going to be able to step in and tell me what to do
0: and you got two brothers was he was he the same with your brothers as he was with
1: you I think because they were younger they didn't they you know I'd sort of paved a bit of a path ahead of them of what and and, and, and actually they were they were probably easier easier going less testy than I was in terms of how they lived their lives you know that there was they weren't difficult they weren't doing anything that was dangerous or or controversial, and so I think there was less of that confrontational element in their relationships with him. As we got older, though, we would probably all have a similar relationship with him, which is kind of, you know, one where we are frustrated with him for his detachment that's fun that's a that's a big theme that has carried on and as adults and you know the way that we observe him relating to our own children you know we we now feel like he could do more and we've you know we will often challenge him to be more connected more involved and and express our frustrations with him and so there are probably. Similar dynamics now, like between myself and my father and, and the way my brothers
0: relate to him as well. When you talk to him about being detached, how does he react to that? Does he, you said you frustrated because of the way that he's been and the way that he is with your children. Does he take that on or does he just go, look, this is the way I am and I... He
1: generally deflects. He generally will say, that's, that's who I am. It's not, it kind of implies it's not, it's not fair of you to expect any different of me we protest against who he is and and his detachments and 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 lack of involvement but we've gotten comfortable if I'm to be honest with just challenging him about it and and having having an argument about it but I, i'm not sure how comfortable we would be if he did get more closely involved i feel like we've gotten comfortable with just that more explosive argumentative sort of way of interacting, and I'm not sure what that's about, but occasionally my father would go into a deeper conversation about why that's who he is it's not very you know it's not very often that that we would have access to that kind of reflection from him but and that's where it becomes apparent that maybe we are more comfortable just more on the surface than we are on a deeper level
0: so what kind of role model would you say was
1: he's been a role model uh, i guess in in some ways to us of of things that we would prefer to do differently in terms of how we relate as fathers to our own children so the emotional connection you know everything that I've just said. You know, I guess that's negative modeling for us, and something that we've learnt from to go the other way. But he's also been a very positive model in terms of his work ethic and his, you know, capacity to do things for himself. Practical things, take on challenges uh, in his life financially and and materially to be able to advance. He was incredibly driven. He came from a very poor background and he was very driven to not let his circumstances dictate his lifestyle and to and to you know advance himself as as much as he could and that was that was a very clear template for us of something that he modeled not afraid to to just roll up his sleeves and get things done and you see that now you know often like you know, it doesn't matter if if there's something in front of us that just feels a bit daunting, you know, and we've just got to get started with it. You know, you yeah, you you have my dad around, and it just he just he just starts. He he doesn't sort of sit there and kind of feel daunted. He just sort of does it. So in that way, he's been a great model.
0: How was his relationship with your mum when they were when she was alive?
1: I mean, he adored my mum, and he always wanted to make sure that she was secure and comfortable and had everything catered to and, you know, he fulfilled that completely. But there was a lot of arguing. My mother was frustrated with him for similar things and she had to contend with those things as a partner. the, the, The difficulties that he had integrating into australian culture meant that there was compromise in her life in terms of you know the the kind of relationships that they might have had or she probably ended up having more separate friendships with with people i mean they also they were they had did have a social life and all that but the, there were things i think that became more highlighted you know about him that frustrated her for instance that yeah he's lack of education his struggle with the language and my mother was the sort of person that felt that she could by taking an active role in those things she could she could maybe assist with with him developing certain you know in those areas so she would have tried very hard by constantly correcting his english and by encouraging him to read and by encouraging him to take an interest in things that he didn't have a natural affinity for and i think that created a tension between them she just played that role of the of the persistent nag who would try and improve him as a as a person you know to to make him fit more comfortably with his surrounds and I think it created a tension between them because to a certain extent my father was on board with that but he was never really going to change you know he was pretty much set in his ways and what I learned from my mother as an older person is that that was no simple task for her that she'd come into a relationship that perhaps wasn't ideally suited to her as a young woman and but that her value of marriage and of relationship meant that she was going to see it through all the way through that family was the number one thing for her and she wasn't ever going to you know uh, allow for the parent unit to be broken as as part of you know what what was her commitment to family and family experience and so what we learned a lot through their relationship was that value of commitment and that value that you, even though you might be worlds apart and you might be different, you work through things and it's an, it's an evolution, it's an evolving thing and it can be far from ideal, it can be very fraught with lots of tension and division but you do come back to that singular goal of we're growing we're growing a relationship we're growing a family and that's that's the way we work so that was their relationship I, and 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 I remember so she said something to me as she was dying very close to the you know probably you know in the hours or days sort of before she passed away or before um, she be- became unconscious before she passed away she let me know that it, she wanted me and as all of us to to be there for each other and to look after my father and to and to accept him and she she said at the time the statement that was very powerful for me was she said he's a simple man and that really meant a lot to me in terms of her guiding me to what she had come to embrace and accept that allowed her to i guess not only survive a marriage that wouldn't have been an easy marriage for her, which i i did i did understand that that was that was true and she 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 did love my father and she did stick by him through thick and thin and for all the reasons that I mentioned, but it wouldn't have been an easy journey and and when she said that statement to me, I understood that at some Point in her journey she had come to accept him and his simplicity and that was that was good enough that knowing that you don't need him to be more than who he is despite all of her attempts to improve him that she was basically saying to me Ronnie you know he's a simple man just love him for who he is and 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 don't that wasn't trying to diminish who he was but it was It was a powerful statement for me.
0: And then, so how did that influence you got married? Yep. You had children. Yes. Did you think about what it would mean to you to be a dad?
1: Um, I I can remember, I'm I'm never as good at remembering these things as as Dory, my wife. But what I can remember is that it was, and probably true for a lot of men, it wasn't like something that I was jumping at the idea of like I'm the idea of I'm ready to have children. It felt like it there was going to be a time when readiness would reveal itself to me. And I was waiting for that and I didn't quite know what that was, but I it probably felt like I needed to be more comfortable with myself or more established in myself. There was a notion that there's a time where You've done the growing that you needed to do and you've arrived somewhere and now you can be responsible for another human being. I certainly didn't feel ready at the time that Dory was absolutely ready and you know we did proceed into parenthood. And then what I discovered about myself was once it was happening in the flesh and I had a real life live human you know a baby who was my own and and even right up until the moment of of his birth i didn't have it couldn't be real for me until it was tactile and tangible and in front of me and and i discovered that my way of relating to you know defining myself as a parent or relating to my to my my own son and to my sense of my own fatherhood was was actually a very instinctive process and it was very and it was a very guided by the tactile connection that i had you know by i i I would hold my son right up to my nose regularly for extended sessions of just breathing him in because that was my way of integrating what of, of you know what what it felt as I felt like you know, it was a very primal and animalistic sort of an instinct where did that come from I have no idea it was just an instinct that just took over that I just had to I had to acquaint myself with with what it meant to be a father with this new life who was my son by breathing in his smell and by just you know inhaling lots of you know his life energy and 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 that's kind of how I've carried on I think I've just had to contend with every every chapter and every encounter of parenting as being get close to it and what are your instincts telling you and that was that was my thing so i don't yeah it's interesting that i didn't i probably didn't overly think about it i didn't and and i remember even dory in those early stages reading books and wanting to have a reference for different stages of development that Benji was going through and you know all sorts of ideas about what the right things were to do with sleeping and feeding and different and I, and, and, and I was never interested I was just, I just wanted I just knew that my body was going to take me to what was right and that was how I that was how I felt that was how I operated I was interested enough to hear from Dory about it but I wasn't Ever driven enough to find out own, yeah, to just get that kind of learning I, I had to learn
0: with the flesh, and your peers, to what extent did you talk to them about being a dad? I guess I must have because we were all going through it
1: at the same time, you know so I'm sure we had exchanges and comparisons and shared experiences and interests in what you know the individual traits and characteristics were about children, and our you know our responses. I definitely didn't feel challenged. I felt
0: excited and connected. And were you thinking at the time he was a baby, obviously, about your relationship with your dad at that point, and what you what he didn't give you, and therefore you felt more compelled to. Uh, now that you say it. I probably did
1: think about it. It was probably too early then to know exactly. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't exercise anything all that different because I was. I was fathering a, an infant, but I was aware that I wanted to have a particular contact and. And to, to sort of parent up up closer than what my father did, yeah, because because I, I was so moved by the experience of being a father that I didn't want to miss a beat. I, you know, if I if I thought about that that element of my father's detachment, I thought that's just not going to cut it for me. I need to be much closer to this whole experience.
0: And then, how soon after your son was born, you had your next child? Was the gap?
1: Pretty soon, it was 15 months later that we had our daughter, Shay.
0: And was it just like, okay, great, bring it on fantastic, or were you a bit daunted? Like, oh my god.
1: Well, we were daunted because it was unplanned. And she also came three months early. She was born three months premature, and that just threw our whole existence into monumental. You know, foreign territory that was so overwhelming on every level that our lives just were turned upside down, so that was that was a huge and challenging chapter as a parent I and think, how, did, how did you deal with it i think I think yeah, I think all we knew how to do whilst that was happening was to just go from one survival milestone to the next you know we just all we knew was that you know there were there were all a whole variety of threats to her existence and and it was so foreign to to us like completely like that whole concept of operating instinctively as I did with with Benji when he was born I didn't have it I didn't have any instincts that could serve me in a situation where my daughter was was locked away in a in a you know in a plastic enclosure under under lights and where I couldn't i couldn't hold her for the first month maybe can't remember how long it would have been but it felt like yeah at least about a month and you know and she was you know every every breath was an attempt to stay alive you know and we were watching monitors that would show us her oxygen saturation in her lungs and her heartbeat and you know and there were moments where she looked like she wasn't breathing and we would panic and you know so our whole focus and energy was just on surviving and on and on her survival and there were med- <clears throat> medical complications and and things that we had to make decisions about that were complicated and that felt like what do we do and if we do it this way you know we weren't medical experts but we felt like it was our duty to advocate for her in terms of there were decisions to be made and you can get caught up in that hospital machine and you can just you know kind of be on somebody else's journey of what they think the right thing is for your child but your child doesn't have a way to make decisions and so we had to learn as much as possible and, and make decisions you know was it the right thing to have as much of an antibiotic as she was having or was it going to have an impact or was it the right thing to feed her a particular thing or not feed her a particular thing or have her on oxygen for as long as she was on or could we take her off the oxygen and what were the chances of permanent damage and you know there was just that the whole time so we were we were freaking out and we lived our lives you know very much in fear for that whole time and how how did you cope with that i think when you're in survival you just function there's something just takes over and and you know the the highest priority gets gets your attention and energy so that's that's how i coped with it i just just tried to keep up yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. Tried, tried to keep up with with the changing landscape, and we were there for each other and we had another we had a son who needed our attention as well. We just did we just we just functioned the best that we could it was hard it was scary there was there were moments of as things kind of settled into the new normal we were full. Still processing how it all had happened, and wondering whether there was a way to have, that we could have avoided it, whether there was something that we had done, or that that the medical system had done wrong by us, or you know there was just, yeah, it was just happening on so many levels, and we couldn't indulge it for for too long because we just had to keep up with with the requirements in front of us and we got through it and we came home and Shay, you know was a an incredible fighter all the way through it and showed us you know just a a remarkable kind of composition of resilience and robustness that she that she you know clearly had so we did at the three-month mark or just a bit longer, come home from hospital and re- push the restart button and had a family with two children living in the hills in the Dandenongs. And that felt really special. We became less scared by then. There were other crises, even you know, right up until the end of her hospitalisation where she had, she had to have... Like it, well, she had to have a surgery went right at the start, and then she had to have another emergency surgery right at right at the end. But she recovered from that. When we came home, and and yeah, we did have a yeah. It, it did feel much more normal once once we got home. We were able to just carry on with our lives. There were no there were no more medical processes to to do anymore. She was just at home. Yeah, everything turned a corner by then. What did you
0: struggle with mm. as they grew older?
1: That There was something about who they were or who they were going to become that would realise their full potential and that I had a role somehow in that. So the challenge for me, as I became aware of that, as I was starting to become humans with personalities and behaviours and and strengths and weaknesses was to kind of work that out like do i stand back and watch it all unfold or do i try and guide it do i try and uh, encourage them to you know do more of certain things whether it was you know start interacting and socializing earlier or take up certain activities develop certain skills stimulate their interests or respond to you know whatever behavior challenges might have been there so there was that awareness for me of what's the right thing to do
0: how did, how did you know what the right thing to do was
1: i guess i talked a lot with dory my wife and we tried to work it out together and we felt like you know, we we were aware enough people that we could come up with ideas of our own about what was right. And Dory tended to be more of the let them work it out for themselves kind of approach. And I was kind of, at times, felt like, well, there's I thought there was benefit to encouraging things in a particular direction. You know, maybe if it was something that appeared was a chat that they found challenging maybe maybe let them sort of have some practice with facing that challenge or don't rescue them or give them you know like a bit more strength of character you know give them opportunity to develop strength of character I remember one of the first things when, when when they were conversational that I remember one of the first things that I felt was like a guiding principle or like you know like a, a parent thing to say in terms of like telling your children you know some code of behavior that you thought was useful to them I remember saying to them in the back of the car I remember they would be in the back of the car and I, I was driving and I and I'd say I remember saying that I said there's three important lessons you can't always get what you want The second lesson was, all good things come to an end, and the third lesson was I honestly can 't remember, but there was a third one, but I just remember those first two and i don 't know I, I, I don't know I mean there must have been a context for it there must have been a trigger where they were having a reaction because you know something wasn't happening the way they expected it to or uh, and, and and I thought it was important for them to kind of just get a grip understand that you know things don't always go your way and from an early age you can't always get what you want and even if you're you know like things are good and they're all fun and everything's great and it comes to an end i don't know that was a, that was a thing for me so what guided me i wanted them to be i wanted them to be self sufficient self contained self content and ready for the world and all of its surprises and challenges <laughs> that was kind of what I wanted so that that's that probably was the start of it and then the feeling that you know I I might have had a role in either exposing them to more of that kind of challenge or lessons and give them a bit more practice with it I mean I would do things like if they were having an argument and one of them hit the other then I would actually you know sort of stop the car if they were in the car or and, and I, would, I would ask the person who'd hit the child who'd hit the other child to stand and allow themselves to be hit, right? So that they had an experience of what that what that felt like. So I remember, I remember feeling like, you know, it wasn't about making the world a cushy place. That was part of my thing.
0: Where, where, did, okay, so where does that come from?
1: Where does it come from? so it it comes from at some point, in my adult uh, sort of process of self-realization, thinking that I hadn't developed a tough enough skin and and that's probably where it came from because I remember I remember at one point saying to my mother, because i I started to become aware of certain sensitivities later in my adult life and struggling with those sensitivities and thinking, fuck, how come I, you know, how come I did, like, this, this was never an issue, but, like, all of a sudden, you know, things are affecting me in the world and in my interactions with people that, that are starting to feel a bit harsher than what they used to. And part of the explanation that I had for myself was that I had an overly loving, overly accepting, overly approving mother in particular because she was the more involved parent, and that that had not prepared me for the world in the best possible way, that it had kind of, it it had overly represented and overly templated an expectation for me to be loved in the world or to be considered in the world or to be, you know, that the world was going to kind of care for me the way that my mother had. So, yeah, so I think if you ask, where did it come from? Maybe that's where it came from. Back to, you know, what, what, what I was hoping to engender in my own children, it, it would have been that, okay, no, like get a tough skin, get out there into the world and be prepared for it.
0: But uh, So <coughs> but what you're saying is you're projecting, which we, we all do this, our experiences onto our children. Now, they may have been... Tough kids. That was your experience of what happened to you because your mother was like that for you. doesn't necessarily mean that they would have been like you. 100%. So if you look back on it now, would you go, I can't believe I did that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay.
1: Of course. I think I've, I look back and, and really can see, I mean, no, there's, there are great things that parents can do for children when the children are young to prepare them for the experience, to, to, to help them be more resilient and to prepare them for a whole variety of experiences that they encounter. And, 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 I, and I don't sort of take away from the role of a parent in that way, but I do look back and see that in spite of, you know, the, the, the amount of emphasis that I would have, and weight that I carried on myself to try and cultivate certain strengths or traits in my children, they turned out to be particular sort of people, and the more the older they grew, and the more they became who they were, the 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 more I realised that it, it it all happened in spite of me, in spite of anything that that I you know might have done. I mean, and and, and I yeah, I think now you know that give your children a, a sort of comfortable enough home and provide to their basic needs and love them and give them a shelter and give them food and be interested in them and find out who they are and let them just blossom, let them flower. I was, yeah, I think I was definitely too focused on the minutia of their characters and what part I thought I could play in shaping some some things you know I wasn't like out to shape them as I wasn't trying to shape a personality or anything like that but I was trying to add what I could to the process you know that that I thought might help but that's the reflection looking back is that yeah parents have a role I had a role um, I had less of a role than I probably thought I had at the time and if I would answer your question would I go back and would I have done it differently? If I was to parent now, if I was to go through the whole journey again, I would be less precious, much more stand back and just in, you know, much more interested than, than guiding, if that makes
0: sense. It makes complete sense. So I can totally identify with what you're saying because I would describe my parenting very similar to yours. And I think where that comes from for me, which I'm guessing from the story you told me about your uh, childhood, would be that you didn't get certain things that you needed and that would have had an effect on you. Unhappy, I don't know the emotions, I'm not you, but you don't want, I would imagine, because I didn't want my children to feel the same way that I did. So I'd be there for them and do everything that I could to help them be the best version of them they possibly could be. And they are, I'm saying I, like it's past tense, but I've still got three children. And I think that comes from what I just said. And I don't know whether that feels like that would make sense given the story you've told about your dad and being detached and therefore you how you that would have felt for you, even though your mum was very attached and very connected and there for you. That Which, you played out what happened to you in a negative way. Yeah, definitely. Try to make that be a positive for your children. Definitely.
1: Issue. Yeah. No, I would. I can see it. Like, would wasn't as conscious. You know, without you drawing my attention to it. But yes, hundred percent. That even though I said it was very instinctive, where my instincts were emerged from were my sensitivities, and there was consciously or unconsciously there was an explanation going on for me around what contributed to my sensitivities and, and so the instincts were to try an antidote and do something different yeah definitely
0: yeah I can because it's the hurt you feel the hurt so you feel that you don't, and you know that's that mm. awful for me like mm. I can't speak for you I wouldn't want someone else to feel that so they're my children so I'd want to yeah do whatever I could to avoid that
1: I just wanted to refine, you know, what I thought I couldn't through the excitement that I felt in that journey of parenting. Do it well.
0: Mm-hmm. How able are you, were you? I'm talking about when they were younger, to show your feelings. Could, were you, did you find it easy to um, display your emotions? Definitely. When you say to show
1: my struggles, to show my emotions by way of being. Ex- expressive of what was happening in the moment that that definitely you know whether it was you know having a reaction or having my own version of a tantrum or whatever it is that was kind of real for me in the moment yeah which did that mean that I was you know at at times hypocritical yes and you know not not the you know do as I say not as I do whatever it was you know that there was plen- plenty of that, and I didn't make any excuses for it. But I did feel that it helped my children see me as as more of a, a real person. I didn't you know, I didn't think that was a bad thing. And 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 I and I came to to learn that my children, as as they got older, where they could comment on my behaviour would let me know whether, I, whether they thought that I was being unreasonable or that, that, that I was dealing with something that was my own stuff rather than them and to, to shift my attention. They were very good. I mean, they were children, two psychologists, so they, they had the language for, you know, what, what, uh, for how to challenge us on and, and hold us to account.
0: So they would call you out, basically.
1: Definitely, yeah. From a very early age, you know, they would, they would let us know if, if something just didn't add up in their heads or if they thought that, you know, we were, me in particular. But going back to your question about was I able to show my emotions, so they got to see the real me, warts and all, I felt, and that was one aspect of my emotions. Did they get to see... Other emotions that
0: were maybe my more vulnerable emotions, probably less so. Do you wish there was something or someone or so, like I said mentioned before that you could have gone to that would have helped you with your challenges or whatever you face when you were, you know, struggling with your children or? As my children got older, the missing
1: person in my life is my mother, who for more than anything just was the person who I would share the joys and the trials and the challenges of parenting with because she was, so going back to what I'm saying about naturally expressing emotion, my mother my mother was the absolute opposite, she was the voice of every emotion and so where I might, you know, be feeling something and not necessarily say it or express it or even be aware of it, you know, my, my mother would, would give rise to all of it and and there's a pure joy in who she was as the person who was invested as the grandparent of my children as my parent to articulate all the all of the emotion around every experience that was taking place and a guide and an incredible guide to me so yeah of course there would have been times where i was questioning myself and my responses and even though I felt like it was very instinctive and even though you know I had particular directions that I went in there were situations where my children were facing challenge or had particular struggles of their own that I would have absolutely loved my mother to be there for and to and to to share in the experience to to step in there with me and to give me guidance and yeah, so this was during my children's adolescence, and 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 that that's been a huge gap, huge hole.
0: How challenging has it been to be a parent of children who are teenagers, adults now, compared to younger kids?
1: I, I would say that at this point of where I really do feel like they're adults. I've got a seventeen-year-old who'll be eighteen in a few months, very mature still reliant on the support of her parents to a certain extent but very mature and very independent and a son who's now in first year uni and very independent and very mature it almost feels like job done no nowhere near that feeling of pressure I mean there's every bit of investment that I've always had in terms of their journey and who they are and their experiences you know such a Big aspect of meaning in my life is who who my children are and and what's going on for them. But not challenging, no, I just look at them and I'm proud of who they are. I think, I I, I just think they're great people and I am constantly learning things from them and incredibly proud and, 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 and just, it's fascination now. Where where does this continue? How does it go for them? How do they work it out? And yeah, from time to time, there are touch points where I step in and have a say about something or where they're interested in my opinion. Now, I wouldn't call it a challenging time. There was a challenging time in their earlier adolescence, the things that surfaced that were... I guess new experiences for me as a dad individually they might have each struggled with that that had me feeling concerned were were bigger and more complex and you know it just had me worried about yeah just that protective instinct of wanting them to to feel better when when things were hard wanting them to make good choices uh, the second part of that was not me you know so their, their their problems were more difficult were more complex and they and they felt harder for me to to observe from it from an outside point but also I felt maybe there were times where I there was less that I could do or there were times where my children were pushing against my involvement or my my contribution to whatever that challenge was i always felt that no matter what came up that if if i had that feeling of close connection and if i was allowed to have that if there was the openness of communication that nothing was insurmountable we were going to, we were going to get through it we were going to find ways forward and yeah, it was it, the hardest thing for me was that there were there was definitely a period where a wall was put up, and when that wall went up, and it was particularly with my daughter, my son was always to a degree much less accessible, much less reflective, much more inclined to work through things on his own, and not all that expressive of you know th- there would be a build up of you know if he was dealing with struggles he would it would all sort of build up inside him and. And every now and then you'd get to see that something was up or wasn't right, and and it was and he, and he didn't have the natural inclination to want to process it in too much detail. He just would sort of feel it, get through it, and 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 move forward. And and it tended to be temporary, and and he kind of got busy with different things. And there were other things that we felt a little bit concerned about for him, which all turned out to be, you know, all okay, nothing, you know, as as he's grown older, none of what we thought um, eventuated. But for my daughter, it had gone from there being a very close and open communication to where the wall went up. And when the wall went up and there was a particular period of her clearly needing to just, and she looked like she was struggling and she looked like she was having a really difficult time and, and she was pushing us away. And at the, at, at the real peak of that, there were just awful feelings for me of, I guess, <laughs> going back to that story of my father standing outside the bathroom door, just complete lack of control complete help, helplessness how do I have I mean in, in that example of my father he was trying to assert a particular sort of dominance but you know he just couldn't get past the clear wall that went up there It was a physical barrier that I put up in front of him with my daughter it was it was a, a an emotional barrier but there was a real feeling of helpless, helplessness for me and and I saw the potential for all sorts of pitfalls, and and for you know, for if she was going to tackle things in her own way, that that things could have gone terribly wrong, and I could see slippery slopes, and and things just going terribly badly for her, and 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 I became really horrified at the thought of it because because it challenged everything that I had come to believe about. The stability. I I just never felt like we were going to face like really dire type of danger with our children, and there was a point where I wasn't sure that that was still the case. Like this, this was like not something that was meant to happen in my family, and it was happening. And in spite of what I thought had been a very Sort of stable and perfectly evolved process of uh you know a family environment it just it just started to feel like it was out of control and that was scary. It didn't last very long, but I'd say that it wasn't a year and a half that the wall was completely up, and once the wall came down and i uh, yeah i i need i just needed. For myself to feel like we we were invited back. And a relationship has thankfully continued to be incredibly close.
0: What, what would you say is the most important quality for you of being a dad?
1: Being tuned in. And, and by that I mean not distracted, interested, interested without an agenda, curious, involved, s- spending time, being... A good host to my children, who are passengers in in, in my life. They, I remember somebody said that to me once, and, and I thought that was a, a beautiful way of describing what what that parenting journey is. You know, your, your children are passengers for a period of time, and and enjoying the ride, enjoying the ride with them as much as possible.
0: What is the worst thing about being a dad in your opinion and the best thing about being a dad the worst thing about being a dad is waking up
1: in the morning and my first thought going to whether there's some kind of a crisis that i should be panicked about has something happened to anyone that i love and that being just uh you know like i need to just clear that fear before i can kind of get on with my day um because yeah even in the when i talk about that fragile time in my life there 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 were horrible moments of sheer panic and fear where you know my mind would take me to the worst kind of places and you know and i would exaggerate the sorts of things that 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 felt dangerous or, or worrying to me but but just that that feeling of like you wake up and your world isn't sitting in the right place, and it's because your child is fragile or vulnerable and that that fear of how would I ever cope if you know if something awful happened and that's that's the that's the worst thing about being a dad The best thing about being a dad is having a beautiful and growing and evolving space and and receptacle for so much love and for so much growth and 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 all of the rewards that for me are fundamentally meaningful about myself and and just my journey of life and where i derive an enormous amount of fulfillment and meaning come very close to the experience of being a dad it's it's so closely tied up with with that constant feedback mechanism of the it's the fruits of your labor the fruits of your love the the rewards of giving and the reciprocation of that the fascination with who your children are and it's just an it's just an ongoing and and accumulating uh experience of reward of my uh existence of of what i what gives meaning to to me
0: oh, yeah, that's beautiful how do you want to be remembered by your children?
1: I once said to my daughter it was soon after my mother passed away and I know that she's articulated you know that her her fear, like similar to what I've expressed, is you know that if something happened to us, and that you know the reality that that hit hard for her when when she lost her grandmother, who she was incredibly close with, was that fear of losing us. And I just remembered saying to her, not immediately, but at a certain point in 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 that grief that we were all going through that if something were to happen to me, I would like for her to know that everything, whatever part I've played in her growth as an individual has been enough to, apart from, you know, not to take away from anything that she's developed for herself in terms of her character and her, her, you know, ability to cope in the world... But just, just I just said to her, I hope I hope I've given you enough that if something were to happen to me that you've you've got everything that I had to give. I've shared with you everything that I know about myself and about what what's important, what's self you know, what 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 would serve you as an individual to, to live your life comfortably and and that's how I'd want to be remembered. I'd want to be remembered as what, what not, not as the person who gave my children what they needed, but I'd want them to remember the things, just like I do about my mother and about or my mother, who's no longer with me, um, about the things that served her and that, and that were useful tools and lessons to me that I've drawn from. I'd want I'd want those lessons to be remembered and that what whatever I've said, whatever I've done, whatever has inspired in them something of value to be retained and to be remembered. I mean I, I, I feel I feel an incredible sense of uh gratitude from them for many things. I don't feel like I Need acknowledgement for you know for for what those things are, just knowing that they they have felt loved and that 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 they've had a good, a good experience. That I've been I do feel like I've been a good father. Uh, that feels good, and it feels good, not selfishly because I need that, you know, to. To um, you know, stroke my own ego, but just that I'm glad for them that they've ha- that they have had an experience of feeling like they've had a good father. I feel like that's true for them, and I'm really happy for them that that's that that's true. Because they don't have to carry you know a burden of any sort that says, "I just didn't get the kind of fathering that I wanted." I'm sure there were things they have complained about I'm sure there are things that they're going to do differently when it comes to parenting or that they're going to you know nitpick at and whatever I don't mind that I'm not perfect I don't want to be perfect but I do feel that they'll be able to comfortably and and in a very fulfilled way look back at their life and say I had a good father and that feels good to me for their sake I think they will have learned some things along the way. I think we've had a lot of fun along the way. I think it hasn't, you know, it hasn't all been about life lessons and, and uh, contributions to you know, self, uh, to, to self-growth and, and, and guidance and, 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 you know, personal journeys. I feel like we've had a huge amount of friendship along the way. still do. Um, we enjoy each other's company. Um, so I, I hope they'll just have lots of memories there of, sh- of, the, of that joy, of that friendship. I think that's just given a lot to all of us in, our, in all of our lives, in our shared life as a family.
0: I think that's it. Sounds pretty amazing to me. <laughs> so the way well, you described it, I wish you were my dad. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Dan>. <laughs> that was great. That really was great. That was from the heart. That really? was do you know what I mean? That was beautiful. It was. You can I felt your what you you meant all of that. You can
1: bring over the adoption papers any <laughs> time. And I will sign them with
0: <laughs> Happy Whole to do that. All good? That's all good. Thank you very much. You were fantastic.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Pleasure. You this are is very, my story. For what it's worth, I'll be interested to hear the stories of others
0: and amazing what you're doing. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to More Real Dads. I truly hope you've enjoyed the experience and that you've learned something along the way. If you found the podcast useful, please continue to listen as we'll have more great conversations with men who openly share their experiences of fatherhood. Subscribe to avoid missing an episode, and please share with anyone you know who would benefit from listening. Thank you, as always, for your support.